0: Some of the seats, uh, if you need one, uh, they're the same color as the hymnals, so that's a little confusing. I realize many of you have Bibles on your iPhone, so take your iPhone and turn to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. The subject this morning is, what's the big deal about baptism? Because we have at least four people who are being baptized this morning. What is the big deal about baptism? Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, Jesus is getting ready to ascend up into heaven. And he came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Let's bow together in prayer. Father, bless your word this morning. Don't just us give us clarity of speech and clarity of thought. Help us to understand what it is you're saying to us. Your Lord, help us to recognize the importance of observing all the things that you taught to the disciples all the things in the Word of God that pertain to us. Dear Lord, we want to be pleasing in your sight. We know from the book of Revelation that you created us for your pleasure. Therefore, we want to know how to live our lives so that you are pleased. Bless in Jesus' name, for his sake. Amen. Amen. Go ye therefore... And teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. There are some people who believe that that verse prohibits flying because he says, lo, I am with you always. Well, that's not what the word lo means there. Okay, It just means, hey. I'm with you always. Very, very important. Acts chapter 2. I love my new Bible, but I can't find stuff like I can in my old Bible. Acts chapter 2 and verse 36. The Apostle Peter's preaching. And he says, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. And they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost." For this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So what's the big deal about baptism? The Scripture commands it. That's what's the big deal. Now, there are some people who believe that baptism is what helps save you. And in fact, some denominations and religions teach that you baptize babies in order to keep them safe and to ensure that they are going to heaven. And the Bible does not teach that. I should have brought a glass of milk and some Oreo cookies this morning. So that I could illustrate for you what the word baptism means. It comes from a Greek word, baptizo. Which means to immerse. To submerge. And you take an Oreo... And I've never seen anybody dip their finger in water and sprinkle it on an Oreo and call that Oreo ready to eat. No. If I'm eating Oreos and I have a glass of milk, that Oreo goes under. Okay? That's what the word baptism means. Why did they transliterate it and call it baptism from baptizo instead of just saying and and immerse them? Go ye and teach all nations and immerse them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because the translators of the English Bible were of a religion that believed in sprinkling. In fact, believed in sprinkling babies. And they knew if they translated the word, then people would question that religion. Well, I think if it doesn't agree with the Bible, it ought to be questioned. Okay? So... I'm going to translate it. Repent and be immersed. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Ghost. Boy, that leads into a whole bunch of different areas of discussion. I'm not going to try to hit them all this morning, but for the next few moments, I am going to try to touch on some of them to help you to understand about baptism. What's the big deal about baptism? Let me start with this idea of baptism being part of salvation. It's not. It's not. There are some... Uh, Denominations who say that if you are baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, then you have not been properly baptized because you have to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, as it says here in Acts chapter two, verse thirty-eight. Okay, and whenever they approach me and and ask me that question, my response is always the same. Okay, you have to know the context, which is which this sermon is given. Who it was being given to, and you have to decide which is more important: what Jesus said or what Peter said. That clears it up. Clears it up for me. Jesus said, "Be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost." Okay. Why did Peter say, "Be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus"? In the name of Jesus Christ, because he is talking to Jews who know a great deal about baptism. It's part of their ritual. I mean, before you go into the temple, you walk down into this mikvah, we call them baptistries, and you submerge yourself under the water. And then you come up and go into the temple. It's just part of the picture of cleansing yourself before you come into the presence of God. Is it absolutely required that we... Take a bath before we come to church. No, but it makes it easier for people to sit next to you. <laughs> okay And when I was a kid, we had one set of clothes that we wore to church on Sunday. We call them our Sunday go-to-meeting clothes. You know? We'd run barefoot all summer long till it was time to go to church, and then we had to put on shoes and socks. And after you haven't worn shoes for six days, and you have to put them on, they're not as comfortable as you once thought. But here we are. Peter is talking to the Jews who also know the (laughs) baptism of John. And John's baptism was repent and be baptized to prepare for the coming of Messiah. And that's called John's baptism. We find it mentioned three or four places in the New Testament. Talk about the baptism of John. Has nothing to do with salvation. Has to do with acknowledging that your heart is prepared to meet Jesus. To meet the Father. To come into the presence of Almighty God. Let me move from there to another track of thought. I can uh, go to a... Military surplus store. Not a bunch of them around here, but around Fort Leonard Wood, there's a bunch, and I can buy an army uniform. At my age and size, I can't buy one that fits, but I can buy one, and I can put it on. In fact, yesterday on Facebook, I looked at this uh, uh, this YouTube video of a guy. Who claims to have been in the infantry, and he's wearing all these medals and all these badges. And several soldiers surround him and begin asking him questions where he served, uh, what unit was he in, when did he serve, and all this. And then they begin to ask him questions about the military code, and he doesn't know the answers. He's wearing the uniform, but he's not a soldier. Putting on the uniform doesn't make you a soldier. Baptism is the uniform for a believer. It shows that you have trusted Christ as personal Savior. When Paul's talking to these people, excuse me, when Peter's preaching to these people, he says, God has made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, the word Christ there means the anointed one, the Messiah. Lord means that he is God. God has, God the Father has acknowledged that His Son is God. And He's been crucified. A lot of questions about who killed Jesus. We know who crucified Him. The Romans crucified Him. At the insistence of the Jews. But Jesus in John chapter 10 said, No man takes my life from me. I lay it down of myself. That I may take it up again. And so who killed Jesus? Nobody. He went to the cross willingly so that he could take all of my sin and all of your sin, take it in his own body and bear the penalty of that sin for me and for you. They took him down off the cross after he died because sin causes death. The wages of sin is death. They put him in a tomb and three days later, the angels came and rolled back the tomb to prove that Jesus wasn't there anymore. He was risen from the dead. God did that to show us that our sins had been forgiven. And then God offered us the gift of eternal life. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we come to Jesus and we ask Him to forgive us and to save us, and He does that. If a young man joins the army, he goes to St. Louis, takes his physical goes eventually to the induction center, and there he stands up and he tries to stand at attention and he raises his right hand and he swears to uphold the Constitution of the United States and protect the United States from all enemies, foreign and domestic. At that moment, he becomes a soldier. He leaves there, goes back home, gets ready to go to boot camp. The only people who know he's a soldier are the people who saw him take the oath and the people that he tells. When he gets to boot camp, they offer him free clothes and free haircuts. This one guy, when it was in boot camp, and he got into the barber shop, and, and uh, he said, uh, uh, "Leave the, leave the top pretty long, just take a little off the sides." And the barber took that. <laughs> razor, and went, zip, and says, now, would you like me to even that up? (laughs) And he went ahead and cut all his hair off. Then they ran him to the next place so he could stand in line for a while, and he went in, and they started giving him clothes, underwear, shirts, pants, boots, socks, and he got this whole big pile of clothes, and then they run him from there to the barracks, and they run him in, and here's his chest, and he says, stow your gear and change into your uniform. When he puts on that uniform, guess what? Everybody knows he is a soldier. Okay? You can wear a uniform without being a soldier, but you can't be a soldier without wearing a uniform. I mean, you, you take the oath, that's when you become a soldier. But when you put on the uniform, that's when people know That's what baptism is all about. It's putting on the uniform that says, I am going to be a follower of Jesus. I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. I have made the declaration when I asked Jesus Christ to forgive my sins and save me. And now I'm following Him in that first step of obedience. And I am naming Him as my Lord and my Savior. That's what baptism is all about. Necessary for salvation? Absolutely not. But it is a big deal for a believer. It's a big deal for a believer. People who are not willing to take the first step of obedience probably won't be willing to take any of the others. And how are we going to teach others to observe all that He has commanded us If we won't do what he commanded us. Baptism is important. Very, very important. It is immersion. One more illustration. My grandson. Nine years old. Had been attending church with his dad. Different church. Going to Awanas, which is a children's ministry where they learn Bible verses and study the Word of God. And play games. That's the big attraction, the games. But he's been going. And one Wednesday night, about 9 o'clock, he calls me and says, hey, Grandpa, guess what? I said, what? He said, I got saved tonight. I said, really? Where? He said, Taco Bell. (laughs) I love his story. I said, how'd you get saved at Taco Bell? He said, well, me and Dad went to Taco Bell to get me a soda. And I'm sitting in the back seat. And I thought, you know, if we have a car wreck and I get killed, I'll die and go to hell. Because I know I haven't asked Jesus to save me. Nine years old. Pretty bright kid. Not just because he's my grandson, but (laughs) just kidding. I said, really? So what would you do? He said, well, I just said, Jesus, I know you died for me, and I know I'm a sinner. And I'm asking you to forgive my sins and come into my heart and save me. And guess what? I said, what? He did it. Later that night, his mother called me. She has a Catholic background. She said, Randy, I have a problem. I'm hoping you can help me. And I said, okay, tell me what the problem is. She said, Austin came home tonight and told me they got saved. And told me that he wanted to be baptized. I told him he got baptized when he was six months old. And she said, I went by his room later, and he's in there in bed crying. So I went and asked him what the problem was. And he told me, Mom, baptism is for people who know Jesus. I didn't even know who Jesus was when I was six months old. Pretty bright kid. She, I said, well, what did you tell him? She said, I told him he could be baptized if you would baptize him. Well, duh, that was a tough decision, wasn't it? Three weeks later, he got baptized right there in that baptistry. As a result of that, his stepdad ended up getting saved, got baptized in that baptistry. That's a whole long another story because he's from a Muslim background. Okay? And now he's a follower of Jesus. What's the big deal about baptism? It's a picture of Jesus Christ's death for us. And our death to self in allowing Him to forgive our sins and save us. And then, being buried with Him in baptism. I have never been to a funeral where they sprinkled dirt on the guy and just left him there. They always put him underground. And so we immerse the people and raise them up to walk in newness of life, picturing Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. It's a picture of how people get saved and how we are able to be saved. And that's the big deal about baptism. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. In just a few moments, the pianist is going to begin to play. Brother Greg's going to come and lead us in, just as I am, without one plea. But that thy blood was shed for me, O Lamb of God, I come. And as they begin to do that, I'll have you stand. And if you're here this morning, and you perhaps have realized for the first time that you never have been saved. You never have taken that active step of asking Jesus Christ to forgive your sins and save you. Then I'm going to offer you the opportunity to come. Just step out from wherever you are. We will take the word of God and show you how you can be saved. That's the invitation. You can be saved today. If you'll make that choice. Father. As your Holy Spirit has taken your word. And applied it to hearts and lives. I ask you to bless it. To use it. To bring people to Jesus. We know that the world is getting worse and worse. And the situation around the world is getting more and more dangerous. Dear Lord, we also know that you promised to come back for us. and We want as many people as possible to be saved before you come back. I ask you to bless your word and bless this invitation. In Jesus' name and for his sake, amen.